you rush forward right into an, an imposing force, fear, a dramatic head-on confrontation will take a lot of energy. How tiresome. Instead, pack that trepidation on your back and take as many heavy steps forward as you can. Hello and welcome to episode 233 of Under the Cowl of MS. That was just one of my horoscopes for the week. Kind of figured it kind of fits because with the good old MS, DMD, drug effects, I got the heavy leg syndrome starting to set in. Um, feels like my legs have big old chunks of concrete connected to them. And it's just the pain levels amped up, the uh, nausea, pukiness, all that's still around. I did, though, get my next round of medication dropped off just a little while ago. So that's ready to go for the first week of September. And then, along with it, they gave me some anti-nausea medication, some shit that I can pop in and it dissolves. Use it like every eight eight to ten hours or whatever. I'm going to try it out right after this podcast because... Again, as soon as I started talking, I just instantly get all pukey feeling and get that little water moisture build up in your mouth and just nasty feeling that just ain't going away. So we'll try that out after this, see if that helps at all. But tomorrow I double up the one medication that causes a lot of nausea and last time I was doubled up on it. it I was throwing up all day so we'll see how that goes along with the anti-nausea medication see if that helps at all we'll see try it out but today I'm going to do another one of the little bit of comics a little bit of MS a little bit of whatever episodes and we're going to start with the comics and first grouping I'm going to talk about is Dark Realm I read issues one to four. This is a complete run. It was interesting. Something from the 90s. Uh, basically, you got this character. and Well, it basically starts out with a buddy cop type thing going on here with this female cop and this bigger male cop. She's got some, like, special abilities and they're dealing with like the demon demon world around them and she gets into all kinds of interesting trouble along the way and goes off on her own and to work the case while her sidekicks off doing something else and she meets this unique underworld rem realm character that's kind of helping her out and attacking the demons that are after and helps her understand what her family bloodline what it is offered how she became part of this 
Dark Realm. This thing where all these demons are coming out of the hells or whatever <laughs> to chase after and this character just constantly pops up and helps her out continuously while she's being attacked by these demons and she's like why do you keep popping up why are you following me and he's like I got information for you she doesn't want to listen at first but then she Finally does listen to what's going on and gets to learn more of why she's dealing with these characters and why she has these abilities and why she's stuck being part of this whole thing and why these characters are chasing after her. But it was an interesting run. It was four issues from Image Comics. It kind of, I mean, back in the 90s, they spent so much time focusing on the bodies of the characters. It's like, you had to have these scantily clad women and the guys showing off their physiques and all that stuff. And it's just, You get a lot of that with it. It's pretty much like having manga thrown into regular comics. And then you add that to the demon realm. You get all kinds of unique looking demon characters and people with all these different special abilities and stuff. It was interesting. It was enjoyable. I... If I didn't have it on hand, it's nothing I would have went out to jump on and get. But with the covers, I probably would have bought it if I would have seen it in a bargain bin or whatever. But it's just these... It always annoys me with all these limited armored characters. and showing They spend more time focusing on showing off the flesh than showing any giving them any type of outfit or anything that would actually help them <laughs> with dealing with these events that happen along the way. It's like, even like Witchblade and stuff, she's made for the looks, but she at least has armor and stuff that forms around her. Same with Dark darkness and dark child at least turned into the different creatures but yeah it's this one is a little too focused on that aspect of it giving it the fabio characters and all that but it was still an enjoyable story i could see it going into something bigger but yeah they they need to change up some of the characters along the way. This is one that I would change up a lot of stuff in and make it a way better, more interesting story if they would have just focused on the demon aspects and stuff like that. Then we got into Inkblot number 11. 
I don't know if we're coming up to a finale here with number 12 or if we're going to keep going on with the storyline or not. I don't care either way because I like the cat. I want to see more with the cat. I could, I'd love to see just a story about the cat. <laughs> just get rid of all these idiots around them. They're still focusing on blaming the cat for stuff that's going on and all that. But cat character kind of gets put into a prehistoric type era with we get into a wintry scene here, get some mammoths that are fighting and all that stuff. And the cat just constantly trying to nap, runs around to get away from all the action, all the stuff that's going on with the mammoths fighting. And along the way, the cat has something happen where a piece, a tip of his tail gets chopped off. And kind of like, I don't know, possibly frozen off maybe, or, but it's just awesome. The cat notices that his tail's missing the tip, and then he sees the tip and goes running towards the tip of his tail, and and the cat gets near the tip of the tail, all of a sudden it turns into a butterfly and starts to fly off, and the cat goes running after it, just meow, meow, chasing after it, and all of a sudden... See this giant stegosaurus-looking snow creature come barreling out of the snow and goes after the cat. The cat goes running off, and the stegosaurus-looking beast, which walks on two feet, is headed in the opposite direction. The cat's going up, still going after the little butterfly that was part of his tail. And while running after it, he comes along. The family of characters again. And the kids are fighting and arguing. And they're burying a couple people. And while this is all going on, the cat's still chasing his little butterfly tail. The littlest kid sees the cat and goes running after him. A bunch of stuff happens again. And you just got to see what happens between these giant snow creatures, the kid, the cat, the butterfly that used to be his tail. <laughs> Still a fun ongoing story for a person that wasn't a comic book writer or anything. They've done a wonderful job with this. Uh, the name is Rusty Glad, who's the writer of this. And he's, he's having a lot of fun with this story. And it's a wonderful, unique, different look at the fantasy realm and all that. And actually made, made me interested in the fantasy realms again for a while. But as soon as this runs out, I'll probably be done with that world again. I don't think I'll stick around. Stick up with it, but we'll see how far it goes. I was hoping it was only going to be a 12-issue run, but I don't see a story ending coming here anytime soon, so I have a feeling it's going to keep going. 
but I will probably still follow it no matter what. And then we checked out, seen it on the counter at the shop, and just cut my eye. I seen it in the catalogs, but didn't jump on it or anything. But decided, what the heck, I'll check out issue number one. And that was of Sweet Paprika. Number one, Nurka Andolfo's Sweet Paprika. Uh, basically, you get the story of a young girl, and you see what her family life was, and what she had to deal with. She lives in a demon world. She's a demon in a demon world. Demon in a demon world. Demon girl. Demon. I don't know. I can't think of anything right now to come up with a song for it, but it's the demon girl living in a demon world. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then you see a bunch of characters in an office environment, and we get to see this demon gal come in and she has some issues with some people and she just turns into a mean eel demon. He's very angry at times and controls things. There's lots of little basically wandering off, mental wandering, love scenes for like all the girls in the office for the delivery, delivery boy and you see her with little mental love scene dream scenes about delivery guys and all that it's just a fun look at uh, a demon girl living in a demon world that's got some pent up frustration in her and sexual frustrations and all that, and you get to see what she's going through as she runs an office environment and with a strong hand. And it was interesting. I, en I enjoyed this first issue. I don't know if it's anything I'll jump onto right now. I'll probably just wait and pick up more issues down the road in bargain bins, but it was a fun little story. Uh, see, what do they have on the back here? This is just a quote from someone that says, I expect from others what I expect from myself. That's all, because I am a young woman and a devil in a world of demons and warrior angels all locked in an eternal dick-measuring contest. So that must have been a quote of hers from this storyline. But yeah, it's basically our world with a demon touch to it. Uh, just real-life adventures, all that. It was fun. It was a fun, different look at all that. And I suggest if you like that type of thing, get into it. You want a office environment thing with demons, 
this for you. But check those out. And I'm going to end this part with a little, let's see what we got for a Kelvin and Hobbs thing. See if we can find a halfway decent one since we're really disappointed in the Sunday comics. I think I mentioned that I picked them up this week and did not find a single comic in there that I could even pass by as half-assed worth talking about. So... I'm done with the Sunday papers for a while, wasting my money on. There's nothing else in them to read anyways. And they don't even give you any good advertisements anymore. It's like, I have to go online and look up ads for the companies that I want to look at. The ones I don't give a shit are the ones that are in the paper. But, yeah, I'm not going to waste my money anymore. Because basically when I go, then I buy, that's the only day I ever buy any scratch tickets or anything. So I'm buying all those, and I've been losing my ass on those, too. <laughs> so I literally stopped that all together and saved myself some money on Sundays. But maybe down the line I'll try again. Until then, I'm just going to keep picking up books of Sunday comics stuff and just go through them and pick out a few that are good better somewhat worth it but not great but yeah kelvin and Hobbs sitting at the standing at the curb waiting for the bus kelvin says to Hobbs, there ought to be a law against having school on days when there's there's enough snow to play of course i don't think there should be school in the fall either and summer's out already and then there's spring I guess I'd go to school a day in November and a day in March. By second grade, you'd be packing your lunch. Well, Hobbs says to Calvin, by second grade, you'd be packing your lunchbox with denture cleaner. And then Calvin says, and before I got to third grade, I could retire. It's a good plan. Lay <laughs> full of school two days a year. Just having fun the rest of the time. Screw all the seriousness of life. Then one more here. Kelvin's in the tub playing with a boat. And he says, here comes the giant ship. Awoo! Awoo! But what's this? He's going full speed through the dangerous strait. Now all of a sudden you see... <laughs> Kelvin jumping out of the tub, water everywhere. <laughs> then he comes running back in with a thing in his hand, jumps back in the tub. <laughs> his mom comes in, she grabs this ink bottle that Kelvin hops in the tub with, and she's just looking at it in horror. There's just black water all over the tub, all over the walls, the floor, everywhere else. <laughs> And Kelvin says, the oil tanker crashed, Mom. And he says, you poured ink in the bath water. <laughs> Never thought of that idea. Have a little oil tanker explosion with the ship in the water. It's like, Kelvin's got all the great ideas. I would have done that when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, yeah. But. That's a little something, a little something, something for the funny bone in your life. Hopefully you enjoyed it, but we're going to end it here. 
do a little MS stuff next. It's going to be a relatively short one today, I believe. Because it's just, I want to get that medication in me and see how it goes. So be right back with some MS stuff right after this. Okay, let's talk about some MS stuff. But just before I do, I just noticed something in the daily news stuff. I had on my screen and I see Bezos with Blue or- Origin or whatever you call his little Blue Origin Aerospace company with his little metal rusty dick rocket. He's suing U.S. over NASA's decision to award a contract to SpaceX. It's like, number one, people have a right to pick who they want to go with. If they change their mind, they should be able to change their mind. Go with whoever. But not only is this jackass getting tons of write-offs and all this other shit, not paying taxes with all his billions and billions of dollars and flying around in his rusty dick rocket and a bunch of money that he made off of people that bought stuff from Amazon and his workers at Amazon. Now he's going to sue the U.S. over this decision and say, okay, so not only are you making tons off your taxes and not paying taxes on billions of dollars, and then now you're going to sue the U.S. and then cause taxpayers even more money for your stupid-ass shit. It's like, well, yeah, if I was a company and I had two choices, do you want rusty dick rockets, rockets to send your stuff up into space? Or do you want the nice, fancy SpaceX ones that actually look like futuristic flying vehicles? It's like, uh, jackasses. I'm just so sick of these rich pricks and all their bullshit. But yeah, I'm going to keep complaining about them because I believe I deserve to. Because they're a bunch of useless jackasses just wasting our time and our money on more shit to make them benefit even better. And so, yeah, uh, they drive me insane. But let's get into some things here with this Maven Clyde crap. I've got tons of muscle weakness going on. Trying to cook dinner last night, and I couldn't even stand at the stove for five minutes, and my body just went in this full body shakes and spasms, and muscles were super weak, and I could hardly pick stuff up. It's just really annoying. I don't like that all these things are popping up all of a sudden when I'm trying to get my body to recover from some things, and it's not. And it's just things are getting worse all of a sudden. I was not hoping for. I was hoping for a different result of this right off the bat. I expected some issues with sickness and stuff like that. But this is each day there's another new thing that's popping up. And it's getting really, really annoying. But basically the reason you're able to walk, put your clothes on, grab a glass off your kitchen shelf is because of the connection between your brain and your muscles. Your brain controls the action, sending electrical signals to your muscles via a network of nerves. Those signals tell your muscles to move. 
And of course, when you have multiple sclerosis, your immune system attacks your nerves. It destroys the myelin and insulating substances that surround and protect the nerve fibers. So as the myelin's damaged, scar tissue can form on the nerves. This can prevent nerve signals from traveling correctly to your brain to certain parts of your body. And the nerve damage can leave your muscles stiff or weak, reducing your ability to move and perform everyday activities. The weakness can often occur only on one side of your body or just in your legs or trunk. Weakness, like other MS symptoms, can may come and go as you experience flare-ups and remissions during the course of the disease. And, of course, the signals can be sending, stabbing, electrifying, burning pains into your system also. And if we feel them just like they're actually happening, even though they aren't happening, which really sucks. But I guess it's better than them actually happening and <laughs> having the burning and the cutting and all that also along with the pain. But. When nerve fibers are damaged, your brain can't effectively send your muscles the signals they need to flex or contract. As a result, you won't be able to properly use those muscles. Also, your muscles weaken when you don't use them. Even muscles that aren't directly affected by MS can become weak if symptoms like fatigue and pain prevent you from moving or, and exercising them. Over time, your muscles can get weaker and weaker. Some people with MS find that their muscles tire more easily than usual. For example, someone with MS might find that their legs might start to feel unstable, or they may be may have trouble moving them from after periods of exercise, like walking. Sometimes MS affects the muscles of the foot, making it hard to walk in a normal heel-to-toe pattern. As a result, your foot may drag on the ground when you walk. This is called drop foot or foot drop. Things you can try to treat your muscle weaknesses. The main treatments for MS will focus on slowing the disease progression, preventing nerve-damaging attacks, and relieving your symptoms. Medications that accomplish these goals may be mainstays of your MS therapy. These might include steroids, interferon beta therapy, plasma exchange, vetamir acetate, copaxone, and muscle relaxants. It's like baclofen is a very common one with us. I take it at night right now for my cramping and muscle spasms. It has been helping somewhat, but I still get them, just not as much as I did. I'll probably amp it up even more. I think I'm doing four a day night right now. And I was doing a couple during the day too, but I backed it off to just the night ones because of this Maven clad. I'm trying to limit as much of the medications as I can to try and not have counteractions and all that crap going on. But exercise is another important component of your treatment. A combination of cardio and strength training exercises can, can combat muscle weakness and give you more energy. 
And you can also <laughs> have muscle weakness during exercise and be careful with depending on what you're doing. Now, a lot of times after I'm done doing any type of exercise, and I'll have where my fingers and stuff and toes will go in all kinds of weird different directions on their own and lock up and cramp up and seize up and arms and forearms and biceps and all those will start to seize on me. It's pretty much a common thing after I do any type of exercising, working out, uh, yard work. A lot of times with doing anything with my hands, it gets really bad. Uh, using tools and stuff, I can't. I used to rip engines apart and shit. I can't even use a screwdriver for one to three nuts or screws or bolts or anything before my hands are seizing and locking up. Which sucks, but uh, if your muscles have become weak from lack of use, resistance exercises using weights can strengthen them. A physical therapist can help you develop an exercise program that would work great for it, and they can hook you up with the resistance bands or anything you need and help you that way. And it's like most our insurances do give us a certain amount of therapy. Sessions every year, so take a banjo. I take care, take a banjo mine, but I think now mine are down to only six, six uh, therapy sessions a year that I get covered. The rest I gotta pay in full, which sucks. But I will gladly go do that for if I need some needling done, and which I should actually go in and get some needling done on my knees because with this. New medication and the weakness and the shakes I got right now. I have a feeling I'm going to be biffing it a lot this next week or so when I'm trying to do things around the yard. But hopefully, I won't be biffing it out in public when I'm out shopping and stuff like that. But we'll see. I've been getting a little shaky legs and all that crap. Just that damn muscle weakness. Just you get so weak and weak and tired feeling. You just can't can't physically move correctly and can't exactly just sit down on the floor wherever you're at at all times whenever you want. So you gotta watch your environment where you're at. Use what you can. That's where it helps to have the walkers with the seats. But I don't have. One that folds up, so I can't exactly just throw it in my vehicle and take it with me. So I just use my cane out in public. Keep a, pretty much everywhere I go, I do a blueprint in my brain of everything around my environment. So I know where to kind of hurry to get to if I have to, to sit down and take a break before I collapse, if I'm able to. Uh, I kind of pinpoint any seated areas, any steps that I know I could sit down on, anything like that. Uh, focus on stores that I know, so I know if I can get to a bathroom or anything like that. I focus on when you come in, the environment itself, what do you got for room to get around, how many people are in there, how claustrophobic it's gonna get and stuff like that it's just yeah 
kind of like the old days you used to mentally think, well, if something happens, what am I going to do if someone robs the place or does attacks a bunch of people? <laughs> always look around your environment in that way. I used to look at my environment that way. Now I got to look at it. I'm ways to manage with my stupid health issues. More fun just thinking about what I'd do if there was someone attacking us or someone attacking someone. Uh, but yeah when your weakness is caused by damage to nerve fibers the treatment strategy is is a bit different goal will be to use the affected muscles as much as possible by staying more active then you'll learn weight training exercises to strengthen the muscles around the ones that have been damaged uh, just be careful because with the muscle weakness and stuff, like right now, any types of weights, I'd have to be watching just to make sure I wasn't dropping them because I get I get so weak in the arms that I can't even pick up my cane at times. And it's like something light like that just feels like it's 100 pounds. Just can't do it. Got to watch those things. Uh, some other steps that you can do to help relieve the MS symptoms around the fatigue and pain and all that is maintain an adequate sleep and rest routine, which I'm still CPAPing it as much as I can, getting at least six hours on the CPAP if able. Uh, I am not really seeing anything still. I've played around in the past two weeks with the CPAP to see the results of having it on for six to eight hours and having it off part of the night or going a night without it. And as far as how I feel with all three ways I feel about the same and I'm not feeling any extra energy less fatigue or anything like that and not feeling help with pain or anything like that with CPAPs the only thing I am noticing is I get claustrophobic at night feeling with trying to breathe through that stupid tube it feels like I'm not it's like you it feels like you're breathing through a wet towel and you're having your mouth covered and your nose covered and you're not getting it. I only have the nose CPAP, but it keeps your mouth shut because if you open your mouth, the air does a weird airflow through it. But so you keep your mouth shut and breathe through your nose through that tubing. And it just seems like you're constricted. Like it's, I don't like that. I don't, know why you wouldn't have something that gave you a nice smooth airflow breathing type of performance instead it gives you a struggling claustrophobic more pressurized like you got to breathe harder and i don't do not understand that concept of it but like they told me my neurologist that put me on the shit never explained it to me never worked with me on it and then left and then they keep charging me for all this shit. And 
I asked the company for help, and they're like, well, you need a pulmonologist. It's like, well, what the hell do you do? You're a sleep study company. You're the sleep apnea company. You're the company that supplies the equipment, puts us through a whole meeting, telling uh, trying to explain the shit to us to start with. And then when we're looking for our results and help and explanation about stuff, you can't give me no freaking answers. It's like this is another one of those Jeff Bezos things. It's like, really? I mean, you guys get all the money from the insurance companies and you charge us all this money in their bills. And what are what's your purpose? I mean, there's got to be a purpose other than giving me the freaking equipment. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to produce and manufacture and supply equipment, you should know about it. You should be able to talk about it. You should be able to work with people. And this thing runs over the internet, gives all your daily results, gives you every all the readouts and everything. Why the hell can't they explain this shit? I don't understand. They just all they give a shit about is putting you on it and collecting the money. They don't care about what the results are after that. As long as they get another person sucked into using their equipment and having their insurances pay for all the crap that comes with it. And even when they started me out on it, they just were sending me this huge pile full of like eight to 12 different mouthpieces every month, uh, new hoses and new water containers and all that headpiece and shit every six months and stuff. It's like, really? People replace this shit that much? And it's plastic. It should be able to be reused and washed. I don't understand. And thankfully, I got that stopped. I got her now at the agree to contact me once every three months, and I'll let you know if I need anything. But Christ, this shit just, I don't know. It's just a nightmare. The little things people do to protect the environment are a waste of time because the huge things that happen outside it, Every time you start to do something to protect the environment, they're going to come up with some new medical piece of equipment that's going to have tons of plastic on it that's 10 times more damaging than the shit that you're doing to protect. And it's just not going to matter in the long run because all the shit we do just gets counteracted with, and it's just a huge waste of time. But, yeah, I'm on one of my rants again. But uh, Also, reducing stress can help uh, keeping your body body temperature cool unless you're having problems with cool temperature. Some people have hot issues. Some people have cool issues. I know when I, in the cool environments in the wintertime, I have more spasticity issues. Summertime, I have more cramping and uh, the foot drop issues. But, yeah, it's... It all depends on the person. Eating a healthy, balanced diet can help. It's all the common sense shit. I mean, basically, live a healthier life, you're going to feel healthier. Live a crappier life, you're going to feel crappier. It's common sense. But no matter what, you're going to have to find ways to deal with your issues the best you can. Uh Another thing with our cog fog and all that, we got to rely on like neuroplasticity. 
which is also known as brain plasticity, neural neuroplasticity, and neuroplasticity. It's basically the ability of the neural networks in the brain to change through growth and reorganization. And we hope that our brains will reorganize, make some new routes, find ways to work around our damaged sectors of our brain, unless our brain is too damaged to even find other routes. But basically, things like cortical remapping, uh, neuro examples of neuroplasticity include circuit and network changes that result from learning a new ability environmental influences, practice, and psychological stress. And our brains can learn things and send, make new networks. And hopefully work around damaged networks. And there's lots of books out there about neuroplasticity that can help you. Uh, he, there's one out there called You're Not Stuck with the Brain You're Born With, talking about how the brain changes over time and how we can hopefully redevelop new networks in our brain. The Brain That Changes Itself, Stories of Personal Triumph from the Frontiers of Brain Science. Uh, there's Your Plastic Brain, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, and you can do things like cognitive behavioral therapy, meditation, mindfulness practices, all of which encourage neuroplastic changes in our brain. Uh, there's Softwired, How the New Science of Brain Plasticity Can Change Your Life. Uh, Basically, some core principles necessary for the remodeling of the brain to take place. Change is mostly limited to those situations in which the brain is in the mood for it. The stubborn-ass brain has to be in the mood for change, apparently, to, for things to happen. Uh, the harder you try, the more you're motivated, the more alert you are and the better or worse the potential outcome, the bigger the, the brain change. What actually changes in the brain are the strengths of the connections of neurons that are engaged together moment by moment in time. The more you practice something, the more your brain's gonna build around it. And basically, uh, Repetitiveness is key to change. Learning dri driven, learning driven changes in connections increase cell to cell cooperation, which is crucial for increasing reliability. Uh, basically, imagine the sound of a football stadium full of fans all clapping at random versus the same people clapping in unison, uh, more powerful and the more reliable their behavioral productions are, can change your 
nerves, nervous system, your central nervous system, your brain connectivity. The brain also strengthens its connections between teams of neurons representing separate movements of successive things that reliably occur in serial time. Uh, initial changes are temporary. The brain is changed by internal mental rehearsal in the same ways and involving precisely the same processes that control changes achieved through interactions with the external world. Memory guides and controls uh, controls most learning. Every movement of learning provides a movement of opportunity for the brain to stabilize and reduce the disruptive power of potentially interfering backgrounds, noises. Uh, brain plasticity is a two-way street. It is just as easy to generate negative changes as it is positive ones. So always focus focus on the positive in everything in life. But But yeah, do what you can to keep that brain going as long and as active as possible. That's why I love doing the podcast. Uh, it's definitely helped with my cognitive issues. I've gotten way better when I listen to the early episodes to now, even though now that I had a week of no internet and just getting back, it's it's been pretty rough talking when you're feeling completely nauseous, feeling like you're going to instantly puke uh, and having... MS hug shit popping up and spasm issues and all the other wonderful things that I've been having pop up here and there, but keep that brain active. It's good. Good for us. That's our main key in life. If it wasn't for our brains and our hearts, the rest of our body would pretty much give up on us. So keep those strong. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. And we will get back to you with more goodies. Hopefully soon. Hopefully tomorrow. Hopefully many days ahead. So be good. Check out Crimson Color Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. And we will talk to you again soon.